Hello, welcome to the edited version of Josie and Robin's Book Shambles. If you'd like to hear the full version of this conversation, then you can go to cosmicshambles.com slash bookshambles and become one of our Patreon supporters, uh, which you can do for as little as $1 an episode. That's one US dollar, and obviously it will depend on which of our economies is declining more, uh, how much that actually works out in pounds, uh, euros, etc. And also, if you're a Patreon supporter, we give away a box of books every week to one of our Patreon supporters, and we have more bonus episodes and bits and pieces. Due to a bizarre, to say the very least, set of circumstances involving the studio we were supposed to be recording the Edinburgh Book Shambles specials in, uh, we didn't end up recording them in the studio. So these were recorded in uh, just in one of the press junket hotel suites at one of the hotels in Edinburgh. So uh, the episodes might sound a little bit more roomy than you would normally expect from one of the normal studio episodes of Book Shambles. So just a, a small disclaimer before we get started. But I'm sure you'll enjoy these episodes nonetheless. So without further ado, here is Robin and Josie. <music> Hello, I've just arrived at the Edinburgh Fringe. I'm so full of energy. I'm just about to start doing some late night shows on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, I'm um, hungover, which is a curse that I put on myself. But also, um, no, it's up... This, this uh, is Erin McGaffey, by yeah, the way. Yeah, hi. to have you on the podcast. It's <laughs> always very symbolic. And we do love to talk about books and about things that you love and things that you've read. And Can I ask first thing, which is... <laughs> so was it, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I just wanted to say because you're doing a murder mystery, and yeah. is this a genre that you love? Are you have mm. you been drawn to it because you can do, uh, you know, it's a great way of fragmenting all these different characters throughout mm. a show, or is it something that you you do read murder mysteries and you watch them or mm. uh, both? Um, I have a hard time reading things that are scary or even kind of slightly suspenseful um, because I because I always read before I go to sleep so I have read I used to be very into murder mysteries but um yeah the answer is both like I wanted to do I wanted to do a one-person play um and I wanted to challenge myself and make make a murder mystery is the boring answer but I do I do like I love film noir and um my detective characters like film noir lady <laughs> sorry so what can't... how my brain is moving so slowly <laughs> there will, there'll be a warning beforehand all of these podcasts were recorded during edinburgh oh, end of week one i was up till 8 a.m well. last night drinking 8 a.m i found good. a mandolin penny black no there's a pub called the penny still black. exist of course that's never gonna shy is it mm. Oh, I hope not. Where did you come at 8am? I just backed my flat because I found um, me and my, my, my best friend uh, flew over from the United States to just come out here and produce and like kind of direct my show. And so it's been great because we get to work together, but also not great because we love to party. And we found a guitar and a mandolin in our flat and we just inter- we, we invited people back and that's what happened. Oh, it was so fun. It was so fun. I'm just, um, I'm slightly worried about my show. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. Right I after can't this. do that. Can't this is do what you anymore. do. You buy yourself a twirl and you buy yourself a kind of iron brew. Mm. And now those two items are sacred objects. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you can tune those. The twirl just before the show. Mm. The iron brew half an hour before the show. <laughs> and fused together, giving you absolute 
concentration oh. and energy. You recommended a morning ritual to me a couple years ago that I still do, like like do almost every day. I'm realizing. What and is I it? Remember, you said. Um, I bet I oh, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> you just oh, it was like uh, we were talking about productivity and oh, um, the golden gate. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I do too. that. Yeah, I still do that, and I've like recommended it to other people, and I. I I forgot that I got it from you, and I'm just remembering now, like, oh yeah. Oh, I'm proud of that. Yeah, What's the Golden like, Game? The Golden Game is... <laughs> golden Game? Yes, right. it's because the way I feel is your best creative work of the day, really, concentration-wise, speed of ideas-wise, enjoyment-wise, comes at your first 90 minutes. So when you've just had a coffee, when you first sit down, you need to devote that time, not to admin. Like, the big mistake that I used to make is mm. sit down at the desk, do all my emails, feel a bit sleepy, then two hours in, you've not started on your actual work that you love. Whereas if you sit down, spend that 90 minutes, work as hard as you can, basically you can take the rest of the day off, go swimming, whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. I thought it, I've been calling it the golden hour, and I have a gold journal, and I take out my gold journal, and I write in my, like, do my it's thing. It's yeah. so happy. Yeah, no, it really was such a, uh, and I, I'm, I'm so bad at, like, taking people's advice, and... Yeah, because I, de yeah, I definitely get all my good work done in the morning. But I love murder mysteries. Agatha Christie. And, um, but yeah, my, my, show, my show is set at a small town in uh, California. And I'd say it's most, most like an Agatha Christie story. I've never really read that many murder mysteries. I, I read, um, I like Jim Thompson, things like that, like The Killer mm. Inside Me, which is, have you ever read that? No, I haven't. What is that? Oh, it's not really a murder mystery. It's, it's about a, a, a psychopathic, murderous uh, policeman. Mm. And it is so oh. incredibly Jim Thompson stuff. He also wrote The Grifters and, uh, what's it called? Not The Pickup, I forget now. The, uh, but it's, yeah, it's... It, it, it's a really full on incredible you know when the the pace I can see why you wouldn't want to read things like that when you go to bed yeah because yeah. I find some books and my brain keeps going like especially with a murder mystery and then do you have dreams mm -hmm. where like mm -hmm. you can't work out why something's <laughs> been hidden or like there's a man <laughs> chasing you and he's familiar but not the same and then I'm like why am I having these dreams <laughs> <laughs> I created a, I thought I was so affected like what I was reading before about it was so affecting my dreams that I made like um uh, a booklet with like nice images to look at before oh. bed, <laughs> but, but I always forget to look at it. But isn't that a nice idea? Like if that actually worked, <laughs> what were the images? A, uh, like like a beautiful mountain and beautiful. Julie Andrews and <laughs> like, things that I wanted so to like dream about. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what do you what do you normally read before you go to bed? Would you risk a thriller? Yes, or? I'll read anything, mm. and it is exactly ruinous. Like I've been reading uh, the Eleanor Ferranti uh, Neapolitan novels since I was speaking to you. I'm it's a beautiful third one now. cover. That's so nice. Mm. Honestly, oh my word, guys! <laughs> I know that everyone else did this in 2013. I know that. But if anyone would like to have a long conversation with me about how beautiful the characters are, how much you <laughs> love them both and understand them both and how much you care about them both, please call me. Um, and I read them, and the second one in particular, and this is something of a spoiler, has a very, very horrible, abusive relationship in it. Mm. And I read that and then had horrible dreams about my boyfriend sort of taking on that character because the character was in my mind and my brain was sort of sorting it yeah. and the next morning I was like you were absolutely awful to me in my dream I shan't be speaking to you this morning <laughs> and, he, yeah. and I think he 
was in the wrong when he said that he shouldn't be held accountable for that. Because it occurred in my dreams. So, <laughs> it was real. I, I had a nightmare uh, after I looked at the, um, was just looking through the Fringe program and just marking things back in Dublin. And I had this dream that I was walking through a festival, uh, but it looked like a wedding. And I saw oh. this clown, and I'm not particularly afraid of clowns, but I had seen, I saw a clown that I had seen in the program. Oh. And in my dream, I was laughing because I was like, oh no, I was reading the, it was kind of a, um, a lucid dream where I knew that I was dreaming about the clown. And then the, cl the clown like tried to rape me. It was terrible. <laughs> Oh my god. So, yeah. not merely murder mysteries, but even <laughs> merely um, long catalogues of comedy shows. <laughs> oh my god. So, generally, reading. It seems reading is just not a good thing. <laughs> it must, but also, all of that is like anxiety about vulnerability with the show, isn't it? Yeah, about yeah. Working yeah. About, oh my god. Uh, See, I've found that. Do you ever, if, if you're reading something before you go to bed, that, uh, or not even, in fact, generally, you mm. get briefly your thoughts, or sometimes quite a while, get caught at the same rhythm of the, mm. the like Emma McBride, who is uh, going to be on uh, on Book Shambles very soon. I'm very uh, sorry, I'm not her. No, she is. Uh, <laughs> That'll be a no, great no, no, no. She will have nothing on clown nightmares. You would get very much for hungover clown nightmares, <laughs> and for one person in Edinburgh who goes, "I was kept awake all last night by someone playing the mandolin." <laughs> no, who had caused that. But she, she, this book, The Lesser Bohemians, she wrote an amazing book called A Girl as a Half-Formed Thing, which is, is mm. kind of I've worn about because it's so uh, in, in, intense, brilliant. But Lesser Bohemians is this kind of hypervigilant speed of this 18-year-old uh, woman's thoughts as she starts a relationship with an older actor and you're just mm. in her brain all of the time. Yeah, yeah. And I find that it's so dense that when you put it down, you think, oh, I'm not even sure if they're my thoughts now. The thoughts have mm. become at a different speed. Wow. Yeah. But that's, that's how we feel with... I know we always talk about her, but with Jim Reese, I feel like it's so full and so powerful that it it shifts my life and makes my life more like her writing, which mm. is not good because it's so intensely sad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm here too, you know. You've read Elizabeth Smart, haven't you? Um, no, I'm sorry. Oh, I see. Do you, do you know Elizabeth Smart? Isn't that the? I know this is not who you're talking of. But Elizabeth Smart was a young the girl who was abducted. Yeah. Thank you. That's who I was thinking. Yeah. Who was it? Sorry. Yeah, she's a Mormon girl who was abducted in the 90s and was away from her family for two years or something. Yeah. And was raised, or like in a, in a poly, like was brought into this marriage and then was brought back. And now she does um, activism. But yeah, her name is Elizabeth. <laughs> oh no, I haven't read any of her work. Right. <laughs> read, uh, as I sat down by Grand sad. Central Station and sadly oh. wept, which is oh, the, yeah, the book course. which oh, is yeah. now probably best well no it's a beautiful book she was a poet but it's prose but written with that kind of poetry momentum and it's the one that Morrissey nicked most of the best lines for for the mm. song Well I Wonder mm. sorry your books <laughs> so uh, let's get so what do you enjoy are you are you the kind of uh, writer performer who spends a lot of time going right? I'm going to read about this because I, I might turn that into a show, mm. or do you do shows as an alibi to go? This reading is actually work, mm. or do you just read? <laughs> uh, I I am. Um, I mean, I, I as I was travelling over, I was wondering if I was I would be honest about this, and I, I think <laughs> I will be. But the thing that I read the most really are books that would be um, like more like kind of self development books, which is kind of embarrassing because I wish I read. I'm reading a novel right now, but like I wish I read more novels. What are you reading? 
um, Hausfrau by, I see I'm so bad at authors, that's who I was trying to <laughs> look up her name and I've read, I've read uh, most of that book, but it's about a, um, it was a book that I bought when I was in an unhappy marriage and now I'm in a nice relationship and I want to stop reading it, but I'm, uh, but I feel obligated to finish it. It's about a woman who lives in, um, Switzerland and is American and is married to a Swiss man and is, uh, unhappy and it's just very grim. Wow. Yeah. It's not funny. Yeah, you start something and you're in one place and then you're in a completely different place. And you're yeah, like, yeah. I can see what drew me to this now, yeah. but it's not drawing me anymore. Yeah, because when I when I bought it, it was it was um it felt like Jill Alexander oh, yeah. Esbaum. Thank you. Yes, Jill Alexander Esbaum. Um, uh, and the the book the the way it's written is really beautiful. It flashes back and forth between the um the main character Anna uh, talking to her therapist and then to like the narrative. But it's all it's it's out of chronological order. And like I'm at a, it's one of those those books where you realize halfway through that like the protagonist is a really terrible person and you're meant <laughs> to like dislike her. So, but when I bought it, it was it was a bit of rebellion because. I knew it was a book about a wife um, cheating on her husband, and I didn't want to cheat on my husband, but I wanted to read a book about it. So. <laughs> That's a few, like, yeah, yeah. And just read it next to him and be like, ha ha. My secret yeah. life. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I was very sad because she's a sex addict and a narcissist and all these things, but um, yeah. But this I, is everything I dream of. What? Yeah, <laughs> I haven't thought that one through. Um, um, but my, some of my favorite books that I find myself reading all the time are books about um, the rituals of artists and creatives, like hence the golden hour thing. There's a, there's a great book called Daily Rituals, which I have read maybe 50 times. Oh, and wow. it just, um, like I'll read it before bed because it's, it's just so I'm comforting. Really I like the fact great. that you've actually turned the book Daily Rituals into your daily ritual. <laughs> It never occurred to me that that was my that that's what I was doing. But it's great. It talks about like what how how Proust used to write and how Balzac just drank um, like five pots of coffee a day and never ate anything. And oh. Mark Twain um, used to write in a greenhouse for like ten hours at a time or thir- twenty hours at a time, and no one could disturb him. And then he would cut like it just it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have yeah. a friend who um, I'm thinking of him because. He was. He and I have shared the idea of a couple games together. Mm. Uh, Nick, as she's been on the mm. podcast, what he used to do, and he also wrote about the Golden Game in the same essay that he was talking about. This he used to write. He wrote his first novel between like five and seven a.m. Mm. on the coach from Bristol, where he just moved to yeah. London, where he was working oh. on an iPad. That's good. His, yeah, his working day was five yeah. to seven a.m. And I always think of that as like what a nice quiet time and on a train, like oh no, based. on oh. a coach, so like cramped. Oh, oh, I was, I was guy. imagining just like the most beautiful <laughs> situation, like I don't, I don't know, like Sherlock Holmes, and I was picturing the eighteen hundreds. Is what I was picturing. Oh my god, no. you were seeing <laughs> far more doily than actually were in that scenario. <laughs> I always think of that, like, uh, that level of commitment to the work and think, like, mm. oh, man, if I ever get that good and that focus... Yeah, that, oh yeah. God. You probably can't be, though. No. I, I think there's that <laughs> thing where you go... No, but I have a moment. No, 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 that's what I'm saying is that I, I think there's a bit where you go, imagine if I was able to, you know, the, the stereotype is always grey and green, wake up, write mm. your thousand words for the day and stop. Imagine if I could do that, then you go, but that would actually require an entire change in personality, which would probably mean that actually you didn't want to create the things in the first place and you weren't that same person and none of the yeah. things that happened in your childhood happened in your childhood and you're not, and you go, oh no, all of these things, mm. you can find different ways. Grey and green is very dry. 
very dry. It's hard to relate to. It's <laughs> my opinion. Deal with that. I like it. I'm very, <laughs> that's because I'm a very dry husk around <laughs> in his Indian summer. Um, I did. I, I am reading a book on Irish birds because I want to write a play um, uh, about... Um, Irish birds as woman, women at a brunch. Ha! So that is an example of reading something and then wanting to. But not, not typically, I don't usually do that. Oh, there's a yeah. great thing. Quentin Blake, who's a wonderful children's artist, mm. who uh, most famous for his work for Roald Dahl. But mm. uh, right, did right, one right. thing. There's a series of paintings that are in London at the moment in a place called House of Illustration, which is a beautiful museum of kind of very often children's books, illustrations. Mm. Also, at the moment, they've got an exhibition of anime architecture, all the original paintings oh, wow. of anime architecture. Um, and he did a series of wonderful paintings for Le Figaro of uh, basically various different characters as birds. And it's really intriguing what you can take with the physicality of a bird to mm. then express the ideas of these different kind of archetypal literary figures. Yeah, yeah. What gave you the idea for it? Like, how did you...? Mm, um, I, uh, well, I've been living in Ireland for... I mean, I live there permanently now, but it's been like two years and... Where about to you? Uh, Dublin. Nice. And uh, it's been really interesting to me learning about the culture of women in Ireland and like learning more about myself as a woman, like compared, like, you know, when you move to a different place, obviously, like illuminate some things about just what you take for granted uh, culturally. And I, when I first moved there, I was like very jealous of the um just like the attitude of irish women and then uh, like felt kind of on the outside and uh yeah so i went yeah just women as birds i get like it's just kind of a dumb pun but now i really want to research it and um yeah i guess that's uh was that your question i can't yeah. do my show i can't do my show right <laughs> i won't be able to do it you know what i've been reading speaking of ireland that i i guess i have been reading novels but have you read flan o'brien the third oh, yeah, yeah. oh it's so book. wonderful so, yeah now there's a suspense thriller yeah and oh that yeah, is yeah, the yeah suspense in that yeah who is dead who is alive what the yeah. hell is going on also, yeah yeah the best writing about dreams yes i've ever yeah it's so perfect so like that's exactly what dreaming is like mm. it's so well yeah well written it's so wonderfully put together yeah yeah oh i really recommend it to you yeah yeah and i, I guess I, I read that when i was deciding on my show so maybe that had something to do with the with the mystery but do you do you feel under a tremendous amount of pressure now you live in dublin to actually read james joyce's ulysses and not merely have it on a shelf <laughs> Because I would imagine there is that kind of... Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. They can um, tell there's a scandal yes, in the Yes, yes. Actually, actually, yes. Yeah, I, um, I've been reading uh, um, Dubliners. I haven't read Ulysses, but I, I, I did have to make a show of reading Dubliners, Dubliners with, my, with my partner just because, you know, like, sure, it's really yeah. necessary. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a thing. Have I told this anecdote before? Is that a friend's, red, uh, friend's wedding? And he's in a reading group of Ulysses. Mm. He's like a really, like he loves Joyce and he's like a really intellectual man and in this reading group of Ulysses. And I end up talking to someone else in the reading group and I have read maybe, if we're going to be real, about 100 pages of Ulysses. Mm. Me too. But, and I Which 100 did you do? Just I the first? Just <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> That's like my favourite joke in Birds of the Birds of a Feather. There's an half-naked man in your room. Top off or bottom off? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Think about that all the time. <laughs> so, 
I may or may not have told this before on a podcast, and if I have, I'm sorry. But I was at the wedding, I was talking to someone from the reading group, and I said to him, oh, you're in the Ulysses reading group. And then, to make conversation at a wedding with a stranger I don't know, I said, oh, I started it, I really love it, I've just not got very far through at all. They went, well, how far through are you? Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, probably about a third, I don't know. And I'm, obviously, I'm embellishing, I wasn't like a third, I was sick from, I'm not going to say I'm sick. I was like, about a third. He said, well, what's happened in the story? How far through are you? And I was like, um, I think he's just gone out. He was like, that's <laughs> <laughs> a third. And then I was like, Jeez. okay, nice to meet you. I'm getting a drink now. You know what you should have done? Just gone, uh, yeah, I've never read Davies. I saw the film, so that's that done, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I had a bit of fun. I've just moved house. Um, I moved in with my boyfriend. Not I saw it on Instagram. <laughs> Thank you so much. It looks lovely. <laughs> Strangers, you're welcome to spectate on my Instagram. It's the only way that you can find me to abuse me online now because I'm not using Twitter. <laughs> not oh. everything is for Nazis. So, <laughs> not everything is for Nazis. If anything, Nazis should participate in fewer things. <laughs> so, my Instagram, um, I forgot what I was. Oh, so I was moving in. And I had the joy and stress of having to take all my books out of, unpack them all and then work out where to put them. Mm. And it's so weird because I think one of the reasons I love having so many books is it makes me feel like I'm reminded of who I am, who I want to be, what I love and what kind of inspires me all at once. You know, you have mm. all that on your like, yeah. yes, I do love all of those things. Yes, I am doing that. And so I was like, I've got this one bookcase in the living room, which is like my showcase bookcase. Also, <laughs> my boyfriend owns no objects. He just doesn't own anything, which uh, when I first met him, I was like, he's a magical angel. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm like, he's a man who doesn't buy anything. Uh, no, that sounds like he didn't pay for things. He pays for all kinds of things. Anyway, <laughs> um, we have a showcase book. Uh, case and I was like I have to put my favourite books in but on unpacking them I realised that like they were my favourite books from seven years ago when I first made the showcase book list right. and I was sort of moving these around and there were things like Richard Jates that I'll always love that's right there obviously Kurt Vonnegut obviously Jean mm. Reese, like stuff like that but then I found myself like taking out a couple of things and being like what is this in the showcase bookcase <laughs> who do you think you are and then I, I did something that I felt was genuinely like a very wry little joke for anyone who enjoys the literature I enjoy. I got my Richard Jates collection, which is like, and Richard Jates is like very, very sad, dark novels about people unable to fulfil what they consider their life's potential to be. Mm. And very, very sad novels about people who consider themselves to be trapped and desperate and lost, right? And so I've got all my Richard Jates out, and then just in the middle, I put my copy of Hope in the Dark. Yeah. <laughs> and I was so pleased in the most pretentious <laughs> way. I was like, oh, that'd be a lovely treat for anyone who <laughs> wants a little life raft for them. <laughs> it was like, so bad. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Um, what do you, who are your real favourites like who uh, do you kind of go back to or tre- treasure uh, I, I, I love um, American writers so like John Steinbeck would be my favourite author and uh, Vonnegut and who else um, <laughs> Fitzgerald or uh, y- uh, yes uh, me and my friends used to have a um, a book club where we revisited uh, books that we were assigned in school it was the Assigned Reading oh, Book Club gosh. which I highly recommend it's very fun. Um, there must have been so many times when you were like, 
oh, I hated this so much because I was 12. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had to, well, I, when, I, when I read The Great Gatsby in high school, uh, when I was maybe 14, I loved it. Like, it was life-changing. Like, yeah. I was so, it was, it was, I loved it so much. And then I was so excited to reread it in the book club. And then I, 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 I didn't like it again. I was heartbroken. Really? Like, ruined. I know it's a wonderful novel. I think that I had just conflated that time sure. and all the changes I was going through and I actually think that when I read it when I was 13 I misunderstood it and my understanding of it was just like so much more rosy and complicated than the actual meaning of the book <laughs> so so Fitzgerald like w w wonderful but not but I just I feel I feel a little betrayed that's interesting because I, I reread it earlier this year and I think I liked it even because I read it when I was fourteen for right, school, yeah. and, I, and and I think I liked it even more. I know that, it's wonderful. It was even I sadder know. and even more desperate, and the fact yeah. that Gatsby becomes—I think when I was fourteen, like that hopeful thing—I could understand that bit where you think you don't realise quite how agonising everything mm. Gatsby has done. Somehow, the thing that mm. everything he's done is to get this one person. Yeah, yeah. And he can't have them. Yeah. And then he and and it's—I don't know—it felt a lot. I, just I think it was that where, like, I when I reread it, I was like, "Oh, it is that that exact thing." And then I, it just felt like so, such a more simple idea than what I wanted it to be. And then I was annoyed that it really mm. was him going after that one person. That it really was this, it really was this like um, unrequited love affair, which I just I, I I think I have less time for. But I but I misunderstood also, it. But yeah, in some ways, it would have been like. You reading that at that stage, it's like an introduction to the world in a way. Do you know what mm. I mean? It's like I don't know that those books that you first read that are like really life changing because you just don't know about yeah. the grown up world. You just don't yeah. know about my Antonia is another one. Uh, Will it, my Antonia, uh, Willa Cather, another American. Well, I don't know no, at no, all. No. Don't know I, at all. No. I know who she is, <laughs> but I haven't read any. What's it about? Uh, uh, my Antonia is is about a um, woman. <laughs> my sentence was like that was a book that meant so it was assigned reading in high school, and I have not revisited it because of the Gatsby experience. Oh, <laughs> just let it be. But then that's what I think. With, like. Steinbeck rereading of Mice and Men, I really loved it and felt mm. like it held up. Mm. Was Which is the worst, uh, the not, not the worst, but like the I think like the it's, it's my least favorite. Yeah. It's like the starter one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's yeah. your favorite of his? Uh, Cannery Row, which what? is about an area. Um, I just love. I when I reading Steinbeck, I feel just like I'm watching people live and move and talk, and it's it's there's not too much. Um, I don't know, he, he, there's, oh my, I know I've said I've hung over a thousand times, but it's, uh, it, the, the readers interpret, what am I trying to say? Like, it's just not, it's not heavy handed in anything, yeah. except a bit, except like at the end of, you know, Grapes of Wrath with the breastfeeding the old man, like that's a bit <gasps> heavy handed. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, does anyone know this? I'm thinking of books that I read when I was, I was lucky. Some of the books I had to read at school, like Picnic at Hanging Rock, which is just an incredible novel and an amazing know. film as well. But there was one that I can't remember the name of it. It was called something like The Last Summer. Mm. And I'm going to now put this out on the podcast so people can... You might, might, well, you might be able to answer it. It's about two boys at school. And one of them is a really good, popular boy. And the other one, they're kind of friends, but there's a little bit of envy there. And due to that envy, one day... 
uh, the other boy allows the other one to fall off a tree and he breaks his spine and his life is ruined. The mm. guy who was really popular. And then it's kind of about returning back to remembering those moments of, not vengeance as such, it was just something like he probably could have held his hand and grabbed him, but he didn't. Because for a little moment he thought, then he'll be broken and he won't be the best anymore. Whoa. And it's set in an American high school, American boarding school. Oh, anyway, so um, answers on uh, Wait, you know. Wait, are you talking about Catcher on the Ride? No. No. What is what is the product? See, that I think is worth. I think that changes a lot when you return to that. Yeah. Uh, Does it? Yeah. My yeah. JD Salinger was one of the ones that I was a little bit like, do I still want this on my favourite shelf, or did I yeah. like this a lot when I was twenty-three? I just reread Franny and Zoe and enjoyed that quite a bit. See, I've got that, and I did love it first yeah. time I read it. In fact, and, and also it was. I think it was really fun, like, was thinking about the books a little bit as objects in such a pleasant way. Like, there were books where I was like, I remember I bought this and how much it meant to me to buy it. Mm -hmm. And I remember this particular book, the process of reading this book at the time that I read it was so mm -hmm. important. And just having it there as an object reminds me of that. And uh, like, this makes me so sad because I just had to get rid of all my books when I moved to Ireland. What did you do? Did you burn them in a big fire? <laughs> <laughs> I did, because I'm also a Nazi and I was offended by <laughs> no, the previous no. joke. We're in! Get in! Um, I told you we should never book over this bloody thing. I told you this exactly what happened. Our ultimate message in the show is destroy everything. Destroy the beauty. <laughs> destroy the beauty. Um, uh, no, I had a, I had a, um, a garage sale, like a yard sale. Fun. Um, a garden sale. Nice. What do you call them here? Um, yeah, garage sale now, Dave. People do them. Yeah. People do say garage sales. You do, or you, if you're from Kent, you take it up the boot sale. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Go up the boot sale. Yeah. Um, have, you, have you ever been to a boot sale? No, uh, no, no. My boyfriend talks about them a lot because in Limerick he used to buy videos from a lady who used to uh, have them have them in the boot of her car. And yeah, but, oh, and he used to sell vegetables out of the boot of his car because he grew up on a farm. Yeah, what a life. Were they the kind of videos of stuff that? Because I read this great book. I, I think it's called Confessions of a Sewer Rat. Hmm. And it's this guy who various different articles about the problems of censorship in Ireland. In films that were banned. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I can imagine that car boot sales, it would be that kind of, hey, life of Brian. Huh. There you go, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, my boyfriend has a beautiful story about a teacher giving him a banned film. And I wish I could remember what it was. It's like a great, it's a great movie that really, he's a filmmaker now. And this teacher, like, inspired him to be a filmmaker, really, oh, with this, wow. like, secret video. So nice. Teachers are so important. That is a much better message than burn all the beauty. <laughs> I'm glad. Okay. No, I'm glad we have this book. But yeah, I had, I, had all my, I had all my books and I also had to get rid of, um, I collect artwork, like um, uh, I collect amateur artwork, so I had so much of it. And I spent so much money uh, bringing, bringing over like most of my favorite pieces. And I, when you were talking about your showcase bookshelf, on my, no one's ever noticed it, but on my wall, on my gallery wall, there's a full story with the, oh. <laughs> with the, because it's a lot of portraits. Um, like I like, uh, yeah, outsider portraits. Oh, amazing. And there's, I have like a whole narrative and I, I and, and when I'm so dressed, I'll explain it. it. Yeah, but no one sees it. And they're like, oh. And like, they think that I came up with it afterwards. And I was like, no, 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 but I didn't see yeah. it. I put uh, a lot of thought into this yes. to give people pleasure. Um, you didn't ask what my favorite painting is, but I'll I should tell you. Thank you. Um, it is it is a uh, a beautiful watercolor of a woman's butt that I got in Paris, <laughs> and it is perfect. 
um, oh yeah, so, but I had that, I had that garage sale and then I invited most of my friends and then I, it was very much the obnoxious thing of like, you should have this book, this is for you, this is for you. <laughs> and then kind of like, oh, maybe, no, don't take that book when I get to go to someone else and, um, yeah, oh, it was so sad. And a lot of like, I had to get rid of most of my really heavy, um, art books as well, because I, when I was an art history major, I bought, I was an art history major. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I just bought loads and loads of used, beautiful art books, and I just couldn't. I had to do the, uh, the, the, um, what's it, what's her name, Mira, who, who, the, the Japanese woman who came up with the... Uh, does it spark joy or not? Yes. So my sister bought me that book for Christmas. That's a rude gift. Yes. <laughs> and then my, one of my best friends in the world came on the other day, and he was like, oh, I was going to buy you that as well. And I was like, uh, <laughs> what? Why? What is it, what, what's the rudeness of it's this book? It's called, like... How to stop being so gross and messy and make your <laughs> life like nice and tidy. tidy. Yeah, it's tidying up. Oh gosh, what is it called? I forget. Does it spark joy? But then, yeah, it's a nice. The, the idea is that um, uh, you like having so many objects in your life uh, can weigh you down and define you in maybe a negative way. So. And she believes that objects are kind of living almost. <laughs> yes, and that you should. Honest. Which I like that idea. That that I was able to get rid of all of these books that I felt so strange getting rid of for the reasons that you're saying um, and other things and other objects by saying like no you'll have a life somewhere else like someone else will enjoy this like her whole thing is let the object go and live its live its life somewhere else which is which is a nice idea but I also wish I didn't get rid of all my books um, yeah it was different when my house flooded with sewage <laughs> and I lost all because I lost a lot of art books then uh, and, and I couldn't go you know you'll have a separate life your landfill oh. that's it Aww. It's hard, isn't it? Art books, I think you were. Yeah, I lost my it's, Diane Arbus. It feels Arbus like one. getting rid of art because they're, you know, if it's a nice art book. I did keep one, um, which was uh, this book that I got when I was in high school, which is a book on contemporary art. And it meant a lot to me because it had like um, like nude wax figures and like introduced me to like all these wow. really subversive, exciting things. And my parents didn't know because it said art on the front. Um, and I, my ra I had a pet rabbit for a while and she chewed up the side of it and. Oh no, it was a library book and I had to pay for it because my rabbit, but I kept it and it's like, it's this chewed up book and I keep that next to me and sometimes I'll look at that before bed. That's yeah. very nice. Do you have a favourite book about art? Mmm, yes. Well, about the, my favourite book about making art would be The War of Art by... Trent! <laughs> Um, which is like a beautiful, very short book just about uh, making things and the value of making things and identifying like what makes us by, oh, Stephen Pressfield, The War of Art, yeah. Um, I've read that several times and listened to it. So do you reread quite a lot of stuff? I guess I do, I guess I read more than <laughs> But that's really cool, like yeah. you have things that you love that much and it like you can revisit that much. Oh yeah, yeah, well yeah, um, novels the, like, I really haven't reread that many novels, uh, unless it's like for a book club or some sort of researchy type thing. But um, yeah, I guess self like come, the like the War of Art and that Daily Ritual book and um, some other things I find really comforting rereading them. Codependent No More, I like flip open to a random page all the time and uh, just re read a sentence that'll say something like, you're worth, you're made of the same stuff as everyone else. Thank you. And then I'll <laughs> move on. Who's that one? Uh, that is by Melody Beadle. 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 Something like that. Yeah. 
Um, and that's quite a good book if you find yourself putting other people first and then getting stressed when they're not returning the same care. <laughs> Do you have a favourite, going back to Daily Rituals book, is the, mm. of the ones, have you tried various ones? I mean, have you spent time in a, in a greenhouse? or? <laughs> the, but it's the one we thought, yes! Ah, yeah. Well, reading that book, the overall idea that um, that there isn't a right way to make art, and it's allowed me to get to be more um, confident in my process, which is when I feel like I do that like morning ritual, but usually like well I do that and like when I'm working on a project I'll work on that specific project, but now like if I feel inspired and want to write in that moment I will like excuse myself like not usually from like a par- if I'm at a party I'll go into the bathroom and like record into a yeah. thing or or like drunkenly tell my boyfriend to remember or something but um but I think it's really important to jump on those ideas when they come yeah in yeah. the past I've got well I don't want to do it now but you've you've really been inspired by something or you've really got something where your brain's really clicked. You've yeah. got to because you'll forget it or it just won't be right when you Yeah, to yeah. Yeah, I have, I have mixed feelings on um, uh, Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. And um, yeah. I like the eating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, though my therapist, my couple's therapist, recommended it to me when she like wanted to lightly tell me to like get a divorce. Which Whoa! Is like... <laughs> so she's like winking like, there's a book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, which is why, I, which is why I went to. I don't know if you know this or if I told you this, but the reason why I live in Ireland is because I was a ha- I like you went on a pray. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I went. I just like went on a trip by myself and then realized that I wasn't happy and kind of like wow. refound myself. Um, and per- partially like because of that book, because they allowed myself to do that. But she writes about an idea that I really like, which is that ideas um, don't belong to us and I don't know if this is I mean obviously this is probably not literally true but I think I actually believe it just because it's such a nice idea that ideas are floating around and if you don't take them and like explore them like it's it's something that needs to as an artist like we're conduits for things and it's not about our ego like well it makes sense that there is a zeitgeist yeah yeah if someone doesn't do something like if you don't do something someone else will because it's something that needs to be said well I I always believe that like if you write some work, you need to write it as quickly as possible and get it out there as quickly as possible because it needs to remain relevant. Mm, well, that's yeah. the excitement about Edinburgh, isn't it? Which is you see yes. the real difference in shows, in terms of stand-up shows. There are lots of different shows where you just go, someone has gone, I really want to create this, as opposed yeah. to, I must go to Edinburgh. Yes. And I think that you notice that kind of... I've seen too. What have yeah, you seen? Please just kill to... me would be my favorite book about art, I think. <gasps> oh, what about punk? The yeah. history of punk? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a great Brilliant, book. yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of those those documentary <gasps> books, which is like uh, the so stuff good. about the Ramones. Yeah, is um, it's, it's terrible. Some of it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not anyway. We better. Uh, also, Easy Rider, finish. Raging Bulls. Easy oh, Raging Bulls great... they're rushing through you now. Yeah. Aren't they? <laughs> I remember I like books. I've read some. I know some of them. Um, yeah, that's a great one. The um, thank you so much for coming along. Thanks Are for you, having um, me. I'm so sorry for being so unprepared. No, no, don't, 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 not, not at all. The. Very quickly, is there anything you've seen at Edinburgh, which, because of course many of these things are going to go out and they're going to travel and they're going to go to other places? Yeah, yeah. 
Absolutely. Um, I really loved uh, uh, Look at My Works. You might have uh, just said John Oh, John Roberts' show is oh. great. Yeah, it's so great. Um, that's on at Heroes at 2. Monkey, uh, Monkey Barrel. Barrel. Yeah, yeah. Monkey Barrel at uh, 2.20. I really enjoyed Laura Davis, who's yeah. on um, at the Underbelly Ned Quad. 10 past 8. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Elf Lion's Swan. Have Red you, Bastard show is nice. There's a show that I would recommend to you, which is Nick Coyle, Queen of Wolves. Oh, oh my god. I, that's amazing. That's the best name I've ever heard. It's yeah. a Victorian ghost story. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's got some mysterious oh, But Kapinski is also doing a mystery type show that's wonderful. Who? But Kapinski. It's really, really great. It's at the, it's like a clowning sort of thing. It's at, she plays a private eye. Named oh, cool. Kavinsky, it's great. Um, and that is at the Pleasance Ace. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yes. Thank you. And my show, <laughs> my show, Murder Town. And I won't be hungover when you see it because I'm getting that out of the way today. It's Murder Town. Wow, Murder that Town. was said with a level of confidence that I don't necessarily. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Uh, and for listeners who were wondering what that book was about a boy in a tree and falling out of it and accidental revenge, it was a separate piece by John Knowles. Thank you for listening. Ooh, nice voice. Thank you so much for having me. That Thanks was Thank you very much, as usual, to all of our Patreon supporters, and a special thanks this week to Seth Bennett, Matthew Owen, Alison J. Shaw, Hannah Petrie, or Hannah Petrie, I should know that, Guy Beards, Amanda Harvey, Elisa Starbuck, The Numeral Two, Paul Morton, and Andrew Rackstraw. And the box of books goes to Amanda McKenzie. Congratulations, Amanda. If you drop us an email to contact at cosmicshambles.com, we will get your prize out to you as soon as possible. And if you'd like to go in the winning to win the box of books each week, as well as getting bonus episodes and bonus videos, and uh, that beeping in the background is the microwave in our office, which has just gone off. So that's a little behind the scenes for you. You don't need to be a Patreon to get that. That's just that's just a bonus for you. Uh, but if you do become a Patreon, Yes, you can win box of books. You get extended episodes each week, bonus episodes, all sorts of stuff. And we've got lots more exciting things coming up as well. Go to cosmicshambles.com slash bookshambles and you'll find the Patreon link there as well as reading lists and all the past episodes plus everything else on the Cosmic Shambles network. And if you happen to be up in Edinburgh for the Fringe Festival, Robin and Josie will have finished their run of shows by the time you are hearing this. But our guest this week, Erin McGathy, her show, Murder Town, is still on. Plus, there's shows from lots of our previous book shambles and cosmic shambles guests and contributors like Sarah Pascoe and Michael Legg and John Luke Roberts and James Nikise and Matt Stellingworth and Joe Neary, and Tom Ballard, and Richard Herring, and lots, lots more. So make sure you check them out. And we will be back next week with a new episode. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is part of the Cosmic Shambles Network. Josie Robbins' book Shambles was produced by Trent Burton of Trunkman Productions. (laughs) 